Welcome to Sparking Wholeness, where we talk all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul. I'm your host, Erin Carey. I'm a survivor of bipolar disorder and a self-proclaimed nutrition nerd who loves asking why. As a certified integrative nutrition health coach, my goal is to help people find balance, and I want to help you find ways to spark wholeness in your life. For more information, check out sparkingwholeness.com or on the Instagram handle, Sparking Wholeness. And now, get ready for today's awesome show. Hey everyone, this is Erin Carey. Welcome to Sparking Wholeness. Today, I am super excited about our guest. This is somebody who I have admired from afar for all of her wealth of knowledge and support for people. This is Esther Blum. Esther is an integrative dietitian and high-performance coach. She has helped thousands of women permanently lose weight, eliminate the need for medication, lose stubborn belly fat, and reverse chronic illness. Esther teaches her clients how to get clear and decisive about what to eat, while healing their relationship with food and their bodies. Esther is the best-selling author of Cave Women Don't Get Fat, Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous, Secrets of Gorgeous, and the Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous Project. She currently maintains a busy virtual practice where she provides 360 degrees of healing with physical, psychological, emotional, and spiritual support. Esther believes that diet and supplements are the foundation to healing, but treating the whole person is paramount. Widely respected as an industry expert, Esther was voted Best Nutritionist by Manhattan Magazine. She has appeared on Dr. Oz, The Today Show, A Healthy You with Carol Alt, The Isaac Show, ABC TV, Fox 5's Good Day New York, and Fox News Live. Esther is an in-demand authority frequently quoted in E! Online, In Touch, Time Magazine, The New York Post, The Los Angeles Times, In Style, Bazaar, Self, Fitness, Marie Claire, and Cosmo. Esther received a Bachelor of Science in Clinical Nutrition from Simmons College in Boston and is a graduate of New York University where she received her Master of Science in Clinical Nutrition. Esther is credentialed as a registered dietitian, a certified dietitian nutritionist, and a certified nutrition specialist, the certification from the Board for Certification of Nutrition Specialists. She is also a member of the American Dietetic Association, Dietitians in Functional Medicine, Nutritionists in Complementary Care, and the Connecticut Dietetic Association. Those are lots of dietetic words. (laughs) Esther (laughs) lives in Connecticut with her family where she can be seen cooking up a storm, going for long hikes, and blasting 80s music by the fire pit. So Esther, thank you so much for being on today. Thanks for having me. I'm so stoked to be here. Yeah, this is great. I, you know, like I said, I've admired your work. I read a lot of what you put out there and it's so in line with everything that we've been talking about on this podcast and everything that I care so much about from a holistic health perspective. So I definitely can't wait to get your thoughts on all sorts of things. <laughs> so yeah, let's you. do it. Let's dive okay. in. So first off, you know, in hearing your story, I know you've talked a lot about living with Epstein-Barr virus, with I think mercury toxicity. Um, what are some things in your personal life that you have um, changed, switched around with this knowledge of food as medicine and, and all, of the, all of these things? Let's get started there. So the funniest story about this is um, that, so after my son was born, um, I developed this wicked insomnia and went from doctor to doctor and did tests and like no one was getting um, to the root cause. And finally, I worked with a practitioner said, hey, you know, you got some real serious Epstein-Barr. And as a child, I had like horrible ear infections and tonsillitis, antibiotics every month until I had my tonsils out, which really it was probably some serious live Epstein-Barr. So um, at the time uh, I was undergoing treatment, Cave Women Don't Get Fat came out, which is a paleo diet book for women. And at the time I was a closeted vegan. I did go hardcore vegan for a while to um, enable the virus cells to die off and the viral load to die off. And so it was like, oh my God, God, you have one sick, twisted sense of humor. (laughs) But um, I I definitely went uh, vegan for a while. And then um, when I couldn't take it anymore, I added in animal protein again gradually. But uh, since then, so... Um, we had our house remediated. We had some mold in the foundation. Mm. So, um, we bought an infrared sauna from the company Sunlighten. And, uh, I 
am now doing my second mold detox. And so I sauna three times a week for 30 minutes. It's great. I happen to be, um, you know, studying to bone up on my CE credits since we can't go to live conferences. I just bought some hardcore integrative nutrition textbooks. So I'm reading through those while I'm in the sauna. So two birds of one stone. And then um, I had a Lyme test come back that I have to redo. They weren't sure if it was, uh, my DNA was positive for the Lyme test, but they weren't sure if it was like live active versus past infection. So I'll probably go on to treat the Lyme after that, uh, assuming it's positive. So supplement wise, you know, I'm, I'm doing a really good detox and um, keeping my diet super clean from, you know, mold containing foods and, you know, gluten and dairy mm-hmm. and just a really whole foods diet on average, like 50% of my plate at lunch and dinner is vegetables, sometimes at breakfast too, 30 to 40 grams of protein at a meal. Um, you know, a little fruit in the morning in the form of berries, the rest is vegetables. And then if I have carbs, it's a whole food carb. It's a sweet potato. It's a white potato. Sometimes I have white rice. Um, you know, we make a lot of vegetable soups and bone broths. Mm -hmm. So simple, simple diet. It's really easy. I don't have to think about it. It's kind of just automated. Yeah, that that's awesome. And I think it's so important for people to hear that you, everything that you share, you're preaching to yourself too. <laughs> you know? yeah, it's totally. like, you're like, I know for me too, it's like, I'm constantly going down a new rabbit hole with my health, you know, okay, let's dig into this. Let's dig in. How can we support this area or this area? And so I love that everything that you share, you're also working on for yourself. And the infrared sauna is really interesting. Can you talk a little bit more yeah. about that and the importance of detoxing in that way? Because I know that I've been hearing a lot about that right now in light of COVID and, and all of that. So yeah, yeah. let's talk. Yeah. About that. Well, it's interesting too, because um, I really didn't tolerate initially my doctor wanted me to do just traditional saunas a few days a week. And I really didn't tolerate them. They worsened my insomnia and my neuroinflammation. Oh, wow. It was too strenuous for me. Um, and at this point too, I haven't, I, I have really poor exercise tolerance. I've worked with numerous strength coaches and after two months have to quit because it just destroys me and my sleep. Mm. Um, so I do a lot of walking and gentle strength work, but not lifting, which I really miss. I'm excited mm. to get back to that. So um, infrared saunas, though, are, it's, it's a gentler sauna. You don't need to go as hot. You know, the hottest mine even gets is 130. Um, but typically, I'm in there about 120 to 125. And it really heats up your core. It like, when I am done for the hour after, I feel this really nice warmth in my chest. So sometimes like in the uh, in the winter, you know, I walk my dog for an hour every morning. If, if you follow me on Instagram on my lives, you'll usually hear the jingle of his, uh, <laughs> of his collar while I'm doing my Instagram lives. Um, but, um, so I'll do it before I walk outside because it keeps me really warm and toasty. But with infrared, you don't have to get your body temperature up. It's just these really nice waves that kill off mold, that kill off yeast. And they have specific ones, um, and they kill off lime, pardon me. They have specific ones, like mine is more geared toward mold. Um, but my girlfriend, who's also a nutritionist in Weston, she has the one to get to target lime. Even, but wow. you're going to get benefits no matter what. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, it heats up the core and kills off bugs and bacteria. So... You know, whenever we're fighting a cold or flu, we always hop in the sauna too. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I I think that that's something that a lot of people don't realize the importance of detoxing in that way from whether it's a general sauna or something that's infrared. And what about like, what are your thoughts on things like Epsom salt baths? Are those helpful as well? Um, What are some other ways that we can be detoxing, you know, lightening our toxic overload right now? Yeah. Well, so you really want to support liver function because your liver is where your body processes stage phase one and phase two detoxification. And basically you take um, toxins, especially as women, we're more susceptible to them because we have more fat cells and that is where toxins love to go and lodge themselves. And you have to get the fat cells, um, you have to turn the fat uh, soluble 
toxins into water soluble toxins where they can go back out through, you know, come out through your fat cells, be metabolized back out through your liver and then pooped or peed or sweated out. So, um, you know, you really want to make sure that you support liver function on a daily basis. So that can look like adding in greens powders, you know, spirulina, mm -hmm. uh, barley grass juice powder, which is a wonderful detoxifiers. Um, the brassica family is also great. Like let's say you have estrogen excess, you are estrogen mm -hmm. dominant, or maybe your estrogen isn't really high, but your progesterone is so low that you are relatively estrogen dominant. So in those cases, you want to eat a lot of foods like cauliflower and broccoli mm -hmm. and Brussels sprouts and artichokes. Um, and, you know, a lot of people have shied away from those foods, from cruciferous vegetables, because they say, oh my God, it's going to shut down my thyroid and mm -hmm. I have autoimmune issues. I have Hashimoto, so I can't eat any of that. You have to eat wheelbarrows full of those <laughs> vegetables to seriously make a dent in your thyroid. And so it's, it's a case where we don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Yes. Um, but other, you know, basic um, detoxification too, you lot, you know, short term, yes, plant based diet is great for chronic inflammation and illness. But long term, you actually want a good solid protein intake because protein mm. um, donates um, methyl groups, which enables you to and, and sulfur, which enables you to detox really well as well. So that and that, that onto account. That's so good. I'm so glad you mentioned that about protein because that is where I struggle the most. Is so what protein. do you have going on? And, What's going on with your health, Erin? You and get uh, let's so much. Um, currently, I think that there's a lot of hormone stuff happening. Um, I think that so I'm I'll be 39 and this next month, and I think I'm entering this perimenopausal phase weirdness, and that's what I'm trying to get to the bottom of. Am I eating enough protein? Am I um, Am I doing workouts that are stressing my adrenals too much? Um, mystery weight gain. What is happening to my body right now? Hormones on paper, everything looks okay, says the doctor, but I know my body and I know things are not okay. So maybe we could talk a little bit about hormones and, and what to do to balance them during the, these weird 30s times for people or late 30s. Um, yes, I'm going to come back to that in a second. I just have to ask you, are your, did you do blood tests for your hormones? What kind of tests were you doing? It was, yes, it was blood tests. I've done the uh, cortisol saliva test before, which it doesn't show anything too crazy. So, um, that's the, yeah, that's, that's what I've had done mostly. So definitely, you know, and you and I can talk offline about this, but <laughs> something you really, I, I do want to just mention is, um, doing what's called the Dutch test. I, I work yes. with the Dutch okay. test with my patients mm -hmm. um, because the Dutch test is taken over a 15-hour course. It's done um, with urinary metabolites of mm. seven different kinds of progesterone, seven types of estrogen, seven types of testosterone. It looks at if you're methylating, if you're detoxing these hormones, mm. or if they're just floating around your bloodstream, are they re reaching their targeted receptor sites? Mm -hmm. It also looks at your morning cortisol and your metabolized cortisol. So you start taking the test at 5 p.m. the night before, then again at 10 p.m. Then in the middle of the night, if you get up to pee, these are all urine samples. Um, and then um, first thing in the morning and then two hours later. And so it really looks at a more comprehensive curve than uh, salivary or even a blood test, which is like okay. a snapshot, whereas this yeah. is more like time-lapse photography, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it also tests your neurotransmitters to see mm -hmm. if you're making your melatonin, your serotonin, your dopamine. All of those can have a huge impact um, and, and your DHEA and DHEA yeah. sulfate. So all of those have a huge impact on how you're feeling. You know, if your testosterone is really low and you're not, and you don't have a lot of DHEA production, it's really hard to sustain um, and build muscle mass, but also it's hard to sustain a good, strong workout. Um, and, and if your melatonin production is low and your cortisol output's really high, it's going to screw with your night's sleep, which also makes you more insulin resistant and all yeah. these things. So 
I would definitely recommend testing. Now, if you're someone who says, ah, you know, I don't want to test yet. I want to try things on my own. You want to manage stress from the top down. People think like, oh, my hormones are wacky, so I have to do X, Y, and Z. Your hormones can definitely change. They, they can be a product of age, but first and foremost, they're a product of stress. And stress drives, mm-hmm. stress drives uh, you know, your progesterone and estrogen, um, especially if they're tanking. <laughs> mm-hmm. And a, a great example of this, I mean, I, we, I even work on this test with men. I do have men in my practice too. And um, you know, stress will drive and bottom out testosterone and libido mm-hmm. too. So you mm-hmm. look at a man who's lost his job and he's not feeling in his power and his um, testosterone will just take and his libido yeah. will go down as a result. Same thing goes for women. You know, women, we tend to, even if we're working, we still tend to take on more domestic roles as a whole mm-hmm. um, and be the managers and the homework teachers and the <laughs> laundry doers and the grocery shoppers and all of those things. So we tend to take on more. We don't give voice to our feelings as much. We keep them bottled up. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we wonder why we feel burnt out, why we can't sleep and why we're crying and irritable and frustrated and why our periods and our PMS seems to be getting worse and worse and worse Yeah, with each successive month. So um, I read a great study in the New York Times, like I think it was like 20 years ago. It really, really stuck with me about how doing yoga even once a week eradicated post uh, menopausal and postmenopausal weight gain mm. and eradicated um, you know a lot of the symptoms. If we could manage our stress, Erin, like we wouldn't need all these supplements, we wouldn't need all the support we need. So, but the reality is, uh, not all of us are great at managing stress. It, it's taken me years, and even now, it can be challenging. Um, but a lot of it has to do with changing the story, the narrative in our head about our health, about our, you know, I, I could be, I joke like in my head, I'm like, Oh my God, when did you, when did you start playing the victim? Like there's a, a, an old tired story in my head about being a victim. And I, I really see it when I speak to my son, like, Oh my God, you sound like a victim just then. What was that? (laughs) So I have to really check myself and check my thoughts and be like, is this true? You know, when we're feeling like, oh, no one helps me. Is this true? Uh, If it is, then all right, then that's a a family meeting you have of like, here's what mom needs this week and who's going to help me get it done and how can we divide in the labor? And um, it also means asking for help. A lot of us Mm. do not ask for help. We, We have been conditioned not to because we did not see our mothers ask for help. That's true. And they did not see their mothers ask for help because they just rolled up their sleeves and did the work. But what we have to remember is, you know, we are in much different times than our mothers were, than our mothers' mothers were. And we really have to have uh, conversations where we do ask for help because um, the worst people can say is no, A. And B, um, if you don't, you'll be so resentful and it will cause you uh, to have really high cortisol and low progesterone Mm -hmm. and a lot of resentment in your relationships with your children, with your spouses, with your partners, your siblings, your parents, all of those things. I'm just wondering if you talked to my husband before this, (laughs) because he literally just told me he's, it's funny, he's a counselor and he just told me, he's like, I think you're in your head too much. I think you're overthinking things. I think you know too much and you're, or, or, you know, you think you know too much. And so you're trying to cancel out every little thing and you're telling yourself all these negative thoughts anyway. And so I'm just like, yeah, okay, thanks. I think, think he got to you before me, (laughs) but yeah, but I, those are all such good points. And it's like managing stress. And I think that goes along with, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about was weight gain. How much does the way we carry our stress affect our weight gain? Because I'm blaming a lot of things on hormones, but it's like, gosh, could it be stress impacting my hormones, impacting weight storage, impacting, right? Like, yes. why is it at this time of our life? Like I hear so many women say, well, I just, I'm, I'm gaining weight. I just can't lose weight anymore. I'm like, is it just the load, the stress load just finally comes to a, a halt where our bodies are storing it? Like, what is that about? Yeah, the stress is the tipping point for sure. It can be obviously, you know, biologically, 
we have a peak um, and then it starts to decline in hormone production. Um, but it's also being the sandwich generation. You know, I have aging parents and a teenager at home. So you put those together. I, I joked to my husband, I was like, well, when our son hits adolescence, I'm going to be hitting perimenopause. So you might want to move out for the next five years. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of responsibility. It's the time when careers tend to really peak um, and when we're seeking deeper, more meaningful connections and kind of a greater, higher purpose in life, you start to say, all right, you know, I'm in my 40s, 50, you know, and then all of a sudden like, okay, am I halfway done with my life? Am I more than halfway done? All right, how am I going to make these years count? So there's a, a big hustle um, and it, it can be hard if you've never taken stock and being present before to, to kind of slow down and actually take stock in it. But yes, of course, there's age-related changes for sure. Um, we tend to replace um, muscle with fat if we're not eating mm. enough protein and doing some kind of resistance training. Um, estrogen levels can decline. Progesterone, testosterone, all of those things can decline as well. So how much protein should we be eating then? Going back to protein, what's, what's your standard? What do you aim for? What do you recommend? Yep. So a pound per a gram per pound of body weight. So if the average mm -hmm. person's 140, 150 pounds, then um, that adds up to 140 grams, which is 20 or 150 grams, which is 21 um, ounces of protein. So that's like five ounces, four times a day. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah it's four. It's like 30 to 40 grams a meal usually, but be a little more. Um, it, it's more than people are used to eating and it takes my clients a while. Like no one jumps on that bandwagon overnight. It can take time to adjust to that way of eating. So you reach your protein needs, but it's really essential. And it's the one thing doctors don't talk about. Like you never go into a doctor's office and they say, let's talk about preventing type three diabetes, which is Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about you building bones and muscle and, the fountain of youth, you know, it's, it's really a stake in one hand and a barbell in the other. Um, and it's, it's building muscles and um, strength training. And so many women say, well, I don't want to get bulky and I don't, I don't want to look like, you know, a bodybuilder. You don't have, most women don't have the testosterone to even support that hormonal profile in the first right. place. So that's really not the problem. But the problem is, you know, if you're, not eating enough and not getting enough protein, you know, A, you'll, you'll show it on your face, your wrinkles will show up um, due to lack of collagen and yeah. issue, but B, you, you will, um, again, you'll start to really look kind of flabby and uh, hmm. skinny fat, as I call it. Yeah. Yeah. That's super interesting. So, you know, I, with resistance training with all and, and yoga and all of these things, like how do we find a balance without adding that to our stress load? How can we, you know, and with eating, you know, I think there's so many where you mentioned women, maybe not eating enough in general. I don't know if you're talking about women, not eating enough protein or women, not eating enough in general, but I wonder if there are a lot of women that aren't eating enough. And so we're kind of going into famine mode because we're afraid of certain things. And like, so how do you find that balance? Yeah. Well, so um, the balance is when you add in protein, a lot of the sugar cravings fall away oh, wow. and energy picks up and sleep gets better because your blood sugar is much more balanced. And so the feelings of hanger, mm -hmm. right? The, the PMS, the irritability, all of those go away. Like PMS cravings are not a given. If you're eating enough protein, you won't have the cravings. Um, red meat is really the original superfood out there. Yeah. It has so many trace minerals and things like zinc, which balances blood sugar, controls cravings, um, B12, which is essential for mental focus. Mm. Um, so getting enough protein enables, you know, the junk and the cravings to fall by the wayside. And as to your earlier question about balance, you know, um, if you can add in strength training, two to three times a week for even just 20 to 30 minutes and build up to lifting heavy, you will see a massive improvement in your body composition. Mm -hmm. You will burn 
more fat while at rest, you, um, you burn an extra 80 to hundred calories a day. Hmm. Um, and for some, and, and given that, uh, gyms are closed right now, you know, you can get a, a couple of kettlebells, um, or go around mm-hmm. your house, lift a tire, lift some heavy rocks, you know, <laughs> if you're in the country, there's an abundance of all those, but, um, you, you know, you don't have to kill yourself. You, you just have to stimulate the muscle mm-hmm. so that it's activated. That is actually enough. You, and that's something I've learned over the years, especially not tolerating heavy weights right now, but, um, as long as you're activating the muscles and engaging and like really, you know, squeezing your glutes when you're doing a deadlift and um, engaging your core, you'll start to see to see shifts there for sure. So you don't have to do um, go all out and join a CrossFit gym and do a bikini competition, but you do need to engage muscles for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's super helpful. And I think that that's something that not many of us, like for me, I think I had this idea growing up, well, you, you have to do hardcore cardio to stay in shape. Cardio is a thing. Cardio is a thing, you know, and like in recent years, it's like, wait a minute. No, no, no. It's the strength training, the resistance training. That's what is going to be beneficial for our bodies. And I think even, you know, you mentioned already type three diabetes, that there is an effect on our brains as we age, right? When we're doing regular strength training exercises. And that's something that I'm really, mental health is a huge passion of mine, especially in the future. Both of my uh, paternal grandparents had Alzheimer's. And so I'm like, okay, what can I do now to prevent, you know, what are all the tricks? So I I think that's great. So um, going back to uh, just food habits and eating, because, you know, like you said, that's foundational. Right now, I'm hearing a lot of back and forth about, you know, for a while, gluten was the no, like no gluten, nobody do gluten. And now I'm hearing, okay, well, maybe you can do some gluten or maybe you can do sourdough or fermented or what are your thoughts on all of that? How do we navigate all the rules about gluten and things? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I I don't know if we truly have a gluten intolerance or a glyphosate intolerance. Glyphosate is the pesticide that's heavily sprayed on wheat. It's heavily sprayed on soy, um, corn, you know, they're all GMO roundup ready, which means they can tolerate seriously hefty amounts of the pesticide um, and not have their growth affected. So I know this because I, I, I started formulating this um, when I went into private practice in the late 90s, and um, I would notice that my clients with celiac or Crohn's could go to Europe and eat the grains there, eat the mm. pasta and bread without any adverse reactions. Wow. And they would lose weight eating those foods. And th- then we come back here, and all of a sudden, you know, bloating and inflammation and joint mm. aches and autoimmune problems. So, um, you know, certainly if you're autoimmune or really inflamed, um, you have a leaky gut, you got a lot of bloating, you're not digesting well, you're constipated, then gluten is probably going to really irritate your system. Um, I have other people that tolerate gluten and, and really don't have an issue. I, I don't restrict if someone tolerates those, but I don't really get those people coming to see me. Most people yeah. coming to see me, um, I think of my client, Denise, her testimonials on my site where she was so severely constipated, she needed massive amounts of surgery. And what was she eating? She was eating a lot of pizza, a lot of bread. And mm-hmm. when we cut that out, like she started going to the bathroom every day, a couple times a day, and we added in fruit and vegetables and protein and got her to cut out her wine and um, some digestive enzymes and celery juice. And she was rocking and rolling and got her life back and really made a huge difference in her life. So um, yes, some people at sourdough is certainly, if you can find like a local baker that truly uses a, you know, hundred year old starter, sourdough bread is fermented and, and broken down and it makes the wheat much easier to assimilate and digest. So we do have sourdough in my house for my son. Um, he enjoys it and my husband too. I, 
at the moment, I'm not eating any wheat. So yeah, well, and the glyphosate thing, I think that that's, I'm so glad you brought that up because that is an issue. And it's not just about gluten, <laughs> you know, that wheat is not the only thing affected. Like you said, corn is corn, the new gluten. I don't know. Like it's, there's, there's well, so corn many cross reacts with gluten. So all these people are eating gluten-free processed food, like the company Char, S-C-H-A-R. I have to call them out because their products are loaded with cornstarch and it's GMO. And I was like, no wonder people are so sick. Like it's yeah. really not helping them. So there's gluten-free and there's gluten-free. There's gluten-free that's, you know, sweet potatoes and white potatoes and rice and legumes mm -hmm. and, um, you know, uh, fruits and vegetables and protein. And then there's like the gluten-free crackers, cookies, breads, and it has a lot of processed junk and yeah. um, long list of ingredients, long list of ingredients. So it's really not so gut friendly. Yeah. 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 Um, let's, let's talk about the gut a little bit because I love talking about the gut. So mm. what do you do? You know, how do you approach leaky gut for people? Um, cause you know, the gut brain connection is so huge and I know so many of us, we struggle with brain fog and, you know, mood issues. And so what's, what's your approach there? Yeah. So with a leaky gut, um, Again, I do testing, right? I'll do like a GI map test. I check for parasites. Um, I had a woman come to me so sick with just the most mysterious symptoms, no diagnosis, you know, quote unquote connective tissue disorder, but was on like methotrexate and prednisone and blew up to 180 pounds and brain, horrible brain fog. And I was like, dude, I know you have a parasite. I know mm. it. So I sent her to an infectious disease specialist. She had parasites. She was treated for a couple weeks on, she rotated between antiparasitic and then antibiotics. And like, oh my God, she lost 12 pounds. She wow. got her energy back. She can actually eat more than five foods without an upset in her stomach. So first of all, you want to remit, remove the offending substance, mm -hmm. okay? You know, parasites, you can also check for heavy metals because heavy metals tend to reside and hang out in the yeah. gut too. Mm -hmm. um, mold, another horrible offender, Lyme. So you, you check for self-pathogens and you check for infections and you check for, you know, um, external toxicities. And then you remove them and then you, so you weed and you reseed, right? And a lot of people I see have SIBO too. Um, and go on antibiotics, but the SIBO comes back. So you've yeah. got to treat with, um, I love Saccharomyces. It really cleans out yeast nicely or, and or a good probiotic. Um, I love to do high dose glutamine, mm -hmm. uh, you know, one to three tablespoons a day. Um, or I use GI Revive by Designs for Health. That's another really great one um, that has slippery elm and deglycerinized licorice and all of those are what's called demulsants and they really help rebuild the mucosal layer um, that gets stripped or deteriorated with leaky gut um, or if you have yeast overgrowth it really interferes with that. Um, certainly digestive enzymes are also really important mm -hmm. and um, if someone has like recurring uh, leaky gut and heartburn and reflux. I, I do have people drinking uh, celery juice. I have them putting mm. aloe as well, aloe juice or gel into their celery juice or putting it in a couple glasses of water and sipping throughout the day. So healing the inflammation, right? And then it's also um, simplifying the diet and getting rid of pro-inflammatory foods. So Somebody asked me recently, I got, I got an email from someone saying, you know, what GI test, what food allergy test do you recommend? So the food allergy tests, you know, you can send, Chris Crester gives a whole great talk on this. Mm -hmm. You can send your results to two different labs and have the same test, two different labs, you'll have two completely different sets of results. Oh, wow. So food uh, allergy testing can be very transient um, and my rule of thumb is this, if you have like more than five or 10 things you're allergic to or really sensitive to, you have a leaky gut. Right. So, um, but just building up, you know, again, removing the root cause, either stealth infection or toxins, um, and then pulling out pro-inflammatory foods and, um, you know, no gluten or dairy. And then, uh, 
healing up with some good supplements makes a world of difference. Yeah, no, that's good. And so when you do something like that, when you remove the offenders, is it possible then for people to add things back in and not have the response? Is that the idea? Does that really work for people? Yeah, absolutely. You can absolutely put things into remission or um, have them on occasion. You know, um, food intolerances will heal up when you heal your gut. And so I say, give it, you know, three months off, sometimes six months off, and then reintroduce the foods. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm living proof, you know, I went for years without eating certain foods, even it's funny, even vegetables. Like I really did so poorly on asparagus and eggplant for years and then recently reintroduced some without any problem at all. So eggs are a big trigger for me. Um, I really have to stay away from eggs, but if I avoid them for like a year, then I can reintroduce. Yeah. I've gone back and forth with eggs. Yeah, no, that that's good to hear. And it's good to hear that, like you said, you go back and forth and it's not, and it's constantly a journey. And I, I love hearing that perspective as well, that you're always trying to do things to improve your own health, which I think is so great. So what are some things right now, you know, we all want to build up our immune system. What are some what would you say would be your top tips for building up the immune system and not just food? You know, you can talk about any, cause I know that it's not always about the food, right? So what are some other things we can do? Yeah. Well, I, I do want to say bone broth is pretty much my go-to elixir for um, immune function. I make homemade bone broth. I get like three pounds of knuckle and neck bones. If you Google Esther Blum, Dr. Oz, you'll see me on the show making it. That's about awesome. four minutes into the segment, but um, it's it's so simple. It's I get from my local butcher. I get knuckle and neck bones from a cow, or I'll get chicken feet. Okay, either or. And then I add in what I have a sixteen cup uh, slow cooker with like an anodized aluminum insert. Hmm. Uh, it's like an all clad. So I'll put in sixteen cups of water. I put in. Uh, one and a half tablespoons of salt. I'll put in two carrots and one onion. That's it. Oh, and you can add um, uh, some, if you're making beef, you can uh, add in a quarter cup of cider vinegar. And if it's chicken feet, I'll put in like a lemon sliced up. And the acid also helps pull the collagen from the bone. But here's the kicker Mm. is, um, that you cook it for 19 hours on low. Don't put it in an Instapot. Don't boil it. It has to be low where there's steam coming up, but it's like barely simmering because that is how you slowly pull out the collagen. And when I cool it, I call it my meat jello. Like it's so gelatinous. And so when you reheat the soup, the same thing, you never want to overheat it. You break all the collagen strands. And so the collagen strands or what reseals, it seals up the gap junctions in your, uh, in your gut wall so, and restores that mucosal lining. So that's really important. That's huge. Number one, it's huge. So I, at food first, obviously vegetables, 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 um, cooked if you can't digest raw. Um, and then supplements, um, oh my gosh, my dear friends at Wellgrove, they make, uh, and this is available on Fullscript or Amazon, they make an olive leaf extract that I take almost every day because while I do the mold detox and I'm pulling all the shit out, my immune system is like, ooh, this is rough. Like I feel like I'm getting the flu about three days a week and the rest of the time I feel awesome. Yeah, so like today was a sauna day. Um, So I have, uh, you know, my bone broth with lunch and then I take the... uh, at least 1500 milligrams of olive leaf extract. I love Sambucol, um, mm-hmm. elderberry. I love um, colloidal silver. It's another really great ones. I do high dose zinc and vitamin C. So mm-hmm. zinc is interesting, right? Zinc, we are so deficient in zinc because it's not in our soils. Even right. organically farmed is better, but on the whole, um, most of us are deficient in zinc. And zinc regulates hundreds of functions in your body, but it really kills off um, white blood cells in your, you know, that are running rampant, running amok in your immune system. So 
most people, you know, in a multivitamin, you're lucky if you get 10 or 20 milligrams, you can really go up to easily a hundred a day. Mm. Um, when I'm healing the gut, I give people what's called zinc carnosine and that mm. also heals up the gut lining. That's in the GI revive I was talking about. Um, what other immune things do I do? I mean, those are kind of my go-tos. Mm -hmm. Good sleep, not drinking a lot of booze. Ah. I, I, don't, I don't drink really because that will destroy the immune system too. Mm -hmm. It'll take you down really quick. That, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think a lot of people right now are drinking more than usual because yeah. liquor stores are open and <laughs> there's nothing yeah. else to do. So yeah. um, I'm, that's really important that you mentioned that, yeah. Yeah. And it's really, you know, where that's concerned, Aaron, it's finding other outlets other than booze. Like, it's like if you had a big cut, if you gashed your arm or your leg, right, you wouldn't sit there. Well, in the olden days, they did. You wouldn't sit there and like pour <laughs> alcohol on it and expect to feel better or you wouldn't slap a bar of chocolate on it. Mm -hmm. Right. That's it's not going to stop the bleeding. So when you're really stressed, you know, you have to give voice to your feelings go for a walk, get outside, journal, you know, just, this is hard. It's very hard homeschooling and working and doing all the things that all of you out there are probably doing mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. and struggling to do your best and drinking isn't going to improve it. And it will actually make you more irritable the next day and mm. less patient with your kids. So I find I'm far more patient yeah. and just not an ass to my family when I'm not yeah. drinking. So, yeah, and it helps yeah, hunger drink. too, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it, drinking will lower your inhibitions, so you'll be like, oh, I'll just have that ice cream, it doesn't matter, but it really does matter. Yeah. So, if you are going to drink, let's say you're having a glass of wine with dinner, that is your starch for the meal. Have a you know, a steak, asparagus, and a glass of wine. Don't mm -hmm. have like wine and mashed potatoes and dessert after, otherwise, mm -hmm. definitely gain weight, but you're and doubling and it alcohol, up. Yeah, I mean, it puts the pause on fat burning for up to mm -hmm. four days after you drink one glass. So, like, to me, it's not worth it for body composition. Yeah. Especially wow. if you're not getting into the gym. That. Like, that's just going to leave you coming out of this out of shape and not feeling great. Yeah. And, and what about sleep? What are some, you know, I know you mentioned insomnia for yourself. I know my husband has been struggling. I'm, I'm one of those people I can pretty much sleep all the time, but my dreams have been weird. They're not restful, <laughs> you know? And I think I'm hearing this again from so many people right now, nobody's sleeping well. So what can we do to improve other than maybe skipping out on the alcohol, but what are some other things we right? can do to improve our sleep? There's a great app I love with over 40,000 free meditations. It's called Insight Timer. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, even 10 minutes a day uh, or, at, you know, first thing in the morning or at night, will lower your, it, it will lower your fight or flight response and it will rewire your brain. It will reshape your amygdala, which is that fight or flight center in the, in the base of your brain in the back. So, um, and there've been so many studies on monks who meditate and they've done PET scans of their brains and looked at the blood flow before and after. Um, and it's miraculous for me. You know, I, I do, um, in the morning, it's not a true meditation that I'm not breathing, but I'm lying there consciously just letting my mind wander. Mm -hmm. And um, it's like when you're in the car, you're meditating. People think, oh, it's hard to meditate or I'm not good. We're doing it every day. Uh, when, you're, yeah. when your brain is in that sort of zoned out state or when you're in the shower, right? Who mm -hmm. gets great ideas in the shower? I mean, <laughs> all the time. I keep pads in the bathroom. So um, consciously, I'll just lie there in sort of a, peaceful state in the morning. And then in the evenings before bed, I do, um, you know, 10 minutes of canoe box breathing, which mm -hmm. is four inhale, four, hold four, exhale, four, hold four. Um, and, or you can do guided meditations, which I like to. Mm -hmm. So, um, you really want to be in charge of your thoughts. You want to journal before you go to bed and just write down every, do a brain dump, right? What do I have to oh, do tomorrow? Good. Um, who do I have to call? And, three things you're grateful for. Um, that's a really wonderful way to end the day. And then if you're sleep, uh, if you're getting enough protein throughout the day and you're not having sugar or too much alcohol before bed um, and your sleep is still a mess, then you want to make sure that you do a Dutch test. Look at your neurotransmitters, look at your gut function and look at your hormones and see where they're at. Because 
Um, if they are really low, that can impact uh, your ability to sleep. So, but it's very simple to fix. You can take amino acids um, mm -hmm. like you know L tyrosine or um, um, and acetylcysteine to raise glutathione and GABA and all those good things. So there's many very simple cost-effective therapies you can do. Um, the other mm. thing I want to say is this. I see a lot of women either on the pill or on Mirena or with mm. IUDs that have a lot of health, hormones, and sleep problems. Mm -hmm. And it totally tanks your estrogen and or progesterone. I never see anyone with a wonderful hormone profile on it. Wow. So um, that's something to also reconsider if you're in your 40s and you've been on it for birth control for a long time. Get those, get the artificial stuff out of your body. That can also really wreak havoc. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Nobody has yet mentioned that on my podcast before, and that is so important. I'm so glad that that you're going into that because I, oh, there, there's a lot going on hormonally for women right now. I think that have a lot to do with the artificial stuff that we just think is okay and normal. And this is what you do. And I was put on birth control in eighth grade because I had a really heavy flow. And year after I was put on antidepressants because my suspicion is it depleted me of all my B vitamins, you know? And so it's like, yeah. oh, come on that. And there went the spiral, right? So I think that so many women are not aware of that as a factor in their overall health. So I'm really glad that you touched on that because it's kind of controversial in some ways. I don't know why it is, but <laughs> it, it can There's be. a wonderful book by Dr. Jolene Brighton. It's called mm -hmm. Beyond the Pill. And it will tell you that, you know, um, if you go on the pill younger, and you're on it for a long time, it can take your body up to 10 years to reset itself. Wow. And some people I see, you know, I see a lot of women that have been on the pill 10, 20 years, and they come to me and their hormones are in rough shape. So um, I don't wait for their hormones to come back. I just put them on, you know, estrogen replacement or progesterone or um, so that they can feel better through menopause. But it, it's not at the dose they're at. And it, you know, it's, it's the right cocktail. It's bioidentical and it's customized versus just, it, it's not birth control per se. Mm, yeah. What, what's your thought on, um, dim? I keep seeing that supplement pop up a lot. Is that yeah. helpful? Is it, what, what's your thought yes. on that one? I use dim, dim is methane, and, um, it's, you know, really concentrates of cruciferous vegetables. So, um, it helps, detoxify estrogen in the liver. Mm -hmm. um, and so I use it not only with women, but with men too, who are estrogen mm. dominant. Oh, and it's wow. really great. And by the way, um, fiber is another really important piece mm. of detoxification and estrogen dominance. So I tell people make some chia pudding or, um, you know, throw some chia seeds in your uh, smoothie in the morning or mix them into yogurt, cottage cheese, whatever. So, um, Fiber and, and DIM are really great ways. And you can use DIM. Some people use DIM throughout the cycle. Some only need it the second half of their cycle oh. when their estrogen's fluctuating. So we or can, you know, can peak or, the, or their progesterone's falling. So we use it strategically at different times. That's awesome. Okay. Wow. I yeah. could go on and on and I think that we're running out of time. I'm like, Ooh, now let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Um, yeah. So if you could give us one piece, give someone one piece of advice to spark them towards wholeness, what would be your one thing that you would say? When you are in conflict with someone, or if you have a conflict in your life, Go right to the source and resolve that conflict. Don't spend your time gossiping. Don't spend your time manufacturing drama and, you know, shaking up the snow globe and letting all the pieces fly all over the place. Be really in control of your thoughts. Okay, mm. choose your thoughts. If you're angry at someone, have a conversation with them directly. If you um, have someone who's pissed at you, listen with an open heart. Be willing to look at yourself through their eyes. Um, and, and don't beat yourself up, you know, choose kindness for yourself, forgive mm -hmm. yourself. Um, there's a great prayer. I love that. I say most days, cause I make mistakes all the time. Okay. <laughs> I'm not perfect. Um, I far from it. I screw up left and right here and there, but I always try and come at it with compassion say, what can I do better next time? And 
So there's this beautiful prayer. It says, thank you. I love you. Forgive me. I'm sorry. <laughs> and so I, I say that to myself. I say that mm-hmm. to other people. Um, I, I think to me that is living a whole life and will resolve a lot mm-hmm. of inner conflict and just yeah. enable you to just let things go, especially if you're someone like me who likes to ruminate and beat myself up and hold on to things. I've, I still will beat myself up. But now I just, I said to my husband last night, I was like, my inner child is talking real loud to me right now. Here's what she's saying. And then before bed, though, I just like meditated. And I woke up this morning and it was just fine. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was just a shitty day and today's mm-hmm. a good day. So it's we, we are very much in control of our inner dialogue. We just mm. have to change that narrative and the story that comes with it. That, yes. Thank you. That's, that, I needed to hear that today. So that's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's really good. Um, so where can people, I don't know if you're taking on clients right now or yes. what's, you know, if you're open, but where can people find out more about you, contact you, get your books, whatever. Yeah. So the first 12 listeners who respond to this can actually have a gratis 30 minute consultation with me. It's a call it my gorgeous body breakthrough session where we really, we hop on the phone for 30 minutes and we strategize three specific tools that you can do to address a health problem you're having. Most people come to me with either a health problem or want to lose weight or both. So you'll come away from the call with three specific strategies and all you do is go to estherblum.com forward slash call. So it's E-S-T-H-E-R-B-L-U-M.com forward slash call. And you and I can get in the books and get you squared away. And if you um, sign up for my newsletter, estherblum.com, you'll get um, my free ebook that I just wrote, Three Simple Tricks to Lose Three Pounds This Week. So it's just, it's really great foundations for just solid body composition. Um, and there's good information in there for you too. Awesome. And so on social media, if I'm active on Instagram, Facebook. Um, my Facebook fan page is Esther Blum. If you friend me, I'm too overwhelmed with friend requests. I don't yeah. <laughs> How do you, what do people do with friend requests from people they don't even know? I know. Cause it's, there accept, are a lot of weirdos out there too. Yeah. It's to accept and then hide there. Usually I hide there. To, I mean, what's the point? I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just can't <laughs> but uh-huh. go to yeah. Esther Blum on Facebook or Instagram. I'm gorgeous Esther, but you can find me. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. Um, It was, I I know we covered a lot of random topics, but I I think (laughs) they're all really helpful. So um, thank you again for being on. Oh, my pleasure, Erin. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to Sparking Wholeness. For more on all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul, check out my website, sparkingwholeness.com. Don't forget to be kind and subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts. And to be really kind, you can leave a nice review. I like those.